0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode four of Notations, a podcast of audible letters from me to you. Back in December, on my way back from the Santa Rosa Handmade Holiday Crafts Fair, I voiced memoed myself the makings of an episode all about crafting a craft show display. And I had really high hopes of compiling my memoed notes and recording it for you all during the week between that show and the next weekend, which was the San Jose Holiday Craft Market. But that week was flooded with even more things than I had expected, and so it had to be put on the back burner, and I'm really excited to finally be sharing this with you. Having done a number of in-person craft shows... I thought that I would share a bit about my display and what goes into it and why I do it the way I do in case that it proves helpful for any of you fellow creatives who are thinking of applying to shows in the future or maybe even just giving your booth a makeover for future shows if you've done them before. So um just to start, keep in mind that I'm coming from the perspective um, of a stationary and paper goods designer. So I also have a very minimalist aesthetic and so that factors into the types of display equipment that I use it that I use and that um the the linens and colors and everything that I surround my work with in a booth setting. So give just kind of keep that in the background of your mind um as I'm um as I'm going through what I do, um, but I do still think that it will apply to a lot of other mediums, whether it be ceramics, visual art, knitwares, or um, books, anything like that. So Let's start with booth layout. So most shows and markets have a slew of helpful information on their website um, or even as a part of their application process, which will give you an idea of what the venue landscape and the booth dimensions are like. If they don't have this readily available, that might, (laughs) might be a red flag for the level of organization that their event coordinators are at. So if this isn't clear, I would definitely email or call them up to find out before you apply, so that you have a really clear um, idea of what you're getting into, and whether it will be uh, a good fit for you. I also really recommend if you have a chance to visit um, one of any of the shows that you're hoping to apply to before you do it, so that you can have an idea of what the vendors are like, what the offerings among the different vendors are, and Is there a lot of competition or do the coordinators do a really good job of um, offering a variety and making sure that each vendor will have a good experience there? Um, That can also give you ideas on what types of booths you are drawn to personally as a consumer, which things got in the way for you, prevented you from buying or entering a booth, um, and just kind of view it as reconnaissance, as going um, and take a little notebook with you and make notes. And I find that that can be really, really helpful as well. So um, back to the layout and dimensions. So venue information and booth dimensions are super helpful for planning ahead. And what I like to do is to... Take all that information, sit down, and sketch out some layout possibilities. Something that has been proven really helpful and a huge time, or f- time saver for me is to keep a notebook with a list of all of the dimensions of my various display equipment. So this is like the height and length and width of my tables, my shelving units, card stands, card spinners, my stools, um, any kind of uh, baskets or crates that I'm using, Um, So when sketching out my possible layouts, I can just easily refer to the notebook and know what will actually fit in the space, what configurations are possible, um, and what what might work well for the specifications of that specific event. So I usually sketch out a few different options so that I have some backups because sometimes once I'm actually standing in the physical space that day of, I realized that one of the backup layouts might actually work better just depending on the lighting that day or the displays of my neighbors that I couldn't possibly have factored in, or the direction of traffic flow, flow that's that looks like it's going to be coming from a different a different space um, direction than I thought. So all of those things um, can be helpful if you have some backup so you're not like scrambling at the last minute to make adjustments. Um, so one of the things that I do, um, tend to shift or adjust when I'm on site is, um, anything I can do to increase my visibility. So if a neighbor to my right has a really tall display that, that kind of blocks, um, my booth's visibility from shoppers that are like standing, like deciding whether to come down that row or not, I might shift things around to make sure that I'm, I have something that can be seen from afar. Um, Sometimes the space feels a little bit more compact than expected, especially if there are like tent walls or canopies at play. So I need to space things out in a way that will create a more comfortable and inviting space for shoppers. Sometimes the layout I worked out isn't highlighting specific products the way I hoped it would, and so those are the types of things that I will shift. Um, even if I have my plan sketched out um, when I get there so that said I also always try to get there early especially on the first day so that I have ample time to figure out any of those kinks before before shoppers start arriving so I don't feel frazzled or stressed or (laughs) by the time people come I'm just like sweating bullets and just feeling not on my game so So that is something that I always do. And then as far as my general table configuration, I tend to go with an L um, configuration or like a T. Um, When I first started, I used to arrange my tables in like a U shape that went around the border of my space because I figured it allowed for the most table space and um, real estate for my products. And while that is true, (laughs) I started to notice that that... Configuration can sometimes deter folks um, and make them a little bit more reluctant to stepping into the space because it it's a little bit more boxed in and it almost feels like more of a commitment somehow. Like to step in, I'm basically promising I'm going to buy something because it feels more intimate. It feels more like there's no escape once you're in. Whereas when I do an L or a T shape formation that's slightly to the side or creates kind of a visual feeling of movement and flow rather than like stagnation stepping into a space, um, that seems to really make a difference for me. So, um, so those are some things that kind of have to do with like setting up my layout and how I how I brainstorm that. The next thing is mood. So, mood and aesthetic when it comes to the overall feel of my booth, I have a couple branded aspects that I factor in. So foremost, I always wanted to feel like anybody who comes into my space is stepping into a little shop. I want it to be cozy and personal, but also without it feeling crowded or overwhelming for the customer to, to, um, come in. I want to make sure that my displays highlight my work rather than detract from it that they're well-organized so that customers customers can easily find what they're looking for and understand the pricing and all of that. So before I do a show, it it can be helpful to do a bit of reflecting on your business and what what mood or aesthetic you're hoping to create in your space and making sure, really, really important, (laughs) making sure that it highlights your work rather than detracts from it. So since my work is quite small and detailed, um, it's, it's only when customers step closer that, that it really shines and they can see what makes it special. So for me, it's super important to create a space that invites them to step closer to fully take things in. So as you're, as you're kind of brainstorming your booth setup, try to factor in some adjectives or things that you're trying to aim for and it'll kind of give you an overarching, um, rubric to follow, of like anything that you try, you'll kind of know whether it fits in with that scheme or not, Um, which can be just just help minimize some of the decision making. Um, Another thing that's super important is to think about initial visibility of your booth. So from afar, people need to know where you are. I've had it a couple times where customers who follow me on Instagram later told me hey I came to the show but I couldn't find you oh that is such a big problem and it's just like it, it's disappointing for your followers who are looking forward to meeting you it's disappointing for you because those are potential sales and also you could have met some of the people that you've been engaging with in per like in person that you've been engaging with online those are such valuable opportunities and to have people not be able to find you is just uh it's heartbreaking so Um, when customers are peering down an aisle to see if there are any booths to visit on that row, you want them to be able to spot you right away and be able to immediately self-select, yes, I want to go down that row and see that. So part of this, something that you could do for this is a very visible sign with your business name and your name. Um, it should be inside, It should be big. It should be noticeable. Um, I recently redesigned mine with an eco-friendly organic cotton linen that was printed by a company called Power Graphics. And I'll share that information in the show notes. Um, and you can hang it, hang it above you um up against especially if you're up against a wall or have some kind of piping behind you you can also buy your own piping so that no matter what you can always have it in the air um which is super helpful because customers sometimes kind of pile up in an area and if you can't see over their heads to see a booth, you know, you could miss it. So, uh, that is a really helpful thing to do is to get it up in the air. Um, but if your booth space is out kind of in the middle of a room or, um, you just don't have the ability to hang it, uh, you might want to hang it over your table, kind of like a tablecloth. And, you know that it is a little bit less visible if people are standing in front of it but in general it still can work really well given smaller spaces and it never hurts to have multiple signs if you can work them into your layout so um so yeah a sign is really important also oh, this is something a lesson i learned make sure to always take a step back from your booth to see how everything looks from further back because you may think that your sign or a specific display is like really huge when you're close up but when you step back it's actually quite small in relation to the overall setup where it blends into the avenue or like the it blends into the like environment behind it um, and you just can't quite have that contrast so um, with my new design I realized that the dimensions that I thought were plenty large, once I put them in a large 10 by 10 booth, actually were quite small. So in in the future, I'm actually going to be doing a larger sign. Um, Before you order a sign, you can always do a mock-up with just like butcher paper and put it up on the wall and see how it feels um, to give you a really clear visual experience of what it would be like in your booth. So when it comes to what I put on my sign, I illustrated it with really large letters, you know, lacelet, easy to read. Um, I have some woodland plants and mushrooms that clearly demonstrate my overall whimsical, imaginative aesthetic. And it has my name. Um, I found that people who follow me on Instagram or on my e-newsletter, but don't know exactly what I look like, can quickly identify that's her and and know that they're in the right place. And I've also found that some customers that I have never met before or have never engaged with me before will come up with the items that they're about to purchase, will actually glance up at my sign and ask, oh, are you Kimberly? And I think they feel more comfortable asking because they actually feel as though they've already been invited to know my name. And that I've noticed has been a nice way to engage with my um my visitors the visitors to my booth and they seem just more yeah more more connected to my work because they feel like they know me too um, you can also include your social media handles on your sign to encourage new follows. So on my sign, um, there is one of the little mushrooms has a little speech bubble that that pops up over, over it that says follow at Lacelet. And this is just a cute reminder to everyone who walks in my space that they can immediately find me on Instagram, whether, whether or not they make a purchase. So this is the first time that I've included that on my sign. And I noticed a larger number of follows while at the show than any of my past year's So some visitors would even look up my account right then and there while I was charging their credit card and I'd get a notification or someone would be walking away from my booth with their eyes on their phone and I'd get a chime that that they just followed me. So making it easy for people to connect with you while you're on their mind rather than hoping that they'll remember to refer back to a business card later is really helpful. Um, On a side note, I always have a goodies in your inbox clipboard sign up sheet for my newsletter, and I always locate that on one corner of the main of whatever my main table is. So I leave it there for no pressure signups, but I also direct especially enthusiastic shoppers that way. Um, As I'm handing them their parcel, I'll let them know that, oh, I send out free goodies each month. And. A lot of times people you know after they've already made the purchase they already know they like what you're doing is a great time to just help them know what next steps they can take to connect with you so I've gotten the majority of my email signups at in person events so don't miss the opportunity to um, to keep those wonderful people that have chosen to buy from you as a part of your creative community and you know, start to establish those long lasting relationships with your buyers. So next up is display equipment. So when purchasing or making your display equipment, it's really important to consider how it works within the context of your offerings. As I mentioned before, sometimes you'll see somebody else's setup, and you're like, that's so cool, but it doesn't translate to what you do because your product will, it will actually detract from your your product or will compete with your product. So I've seen some booths where the artists have gotten really creative with their display, which is a lovely idea, but sometimes it begins to compete with the actual product, even to the point where I've seen a customer, a potential customer go up and ask if they can buy the display because they're actually not sure what is for sale because the display itself looks so ornate or it looks like a work of art of its own. And Minimizing that kind of confusion is really important. and making it very clear what's for sale <laughs> is is helpful. And also just highlighting the work that you're doing. So my goal is always to have equipment that enhances my work but almost blurs into the background so that my products can really be at the forefront, and really shine. One way I do this is by um, taking my display up, so considering ways to add height, to my setup. So from afar, customer can be able to glance over to my booth and see something that helps them immediately identify whether or not there's enough interest for them to walk over for a closer look. So if everything you offer is lying flat, people, it's a commitment, they have to walk really close to even be able to see what you offer. Or if there's another booth, like I said before, that has a lot of browsing shoppers and so they're kind of creating a visual barrier or their display is kind of blocking off your view, passersby might not even know that you're there. So to create different levels and heights, I use um, a variety of crates, uh, tabletop spinners, folding card stands that give kind of the feel of a wall display. And if you have products like jewelry, scarves, tea towels, things like that, those are ideal for hanging. So bringing those displays up where people can see them visually from afar um, is a great idea. Um, And all of these help the customer's eyes kind of travel around the booth to be able to see what piques their interest. Another thing I like to do is consider products, um, which products are very hands-on. So it's helpful for me to have some inviting displays that encourage customers to pick things up. Um, This might be tangible items like my little button pins or rubber stamps or magnets, uh, stickers, uh, sample uh, calendar that they can actually physically flip through to see all of the months and determine if they want to buy the packaged calendar by putting these items closer to the edge of the table or on the corner where people are just like walking by um, or hanging within reach, customers feel more compelled to pick them up or flip through them than they might if they had to like reach across a primary table with you watching right behind them. So having some close range tangibles really encourages examination with less pressure. Another thing I factor in is color and texture. So since my work features very small detailed designs and gentler color palettes with a, a white background to almost everything, it's really important that my display pieces, the like the baskets and vessels that things are in, and the overall linens don't compete with the colors and the details of my work. I don't want them to wash out my work. So if I have a really bright color tablecloth, my work will look very, you know, uh, unimpressive. It it will look, it will just kind of, um, yeah, wash out and, and the tablecloth will actually be the thing that catches people's eyes. So anything that takes attention away um, from what makes your product special is something you should just nix like that's not worth it. (laughs) Um, So I wanted my linens to kind of fade away out of focus into the background so that my product kind of lays on top of it um, and is enhanced. So to do this I use really neutral linens for my tablecloths. Um, I use light wood crates as opposed to like darker woods or black and I use recycled cork cardboard for most of my pricing signage which I hand letter and I simply tack those into the location where the product is displayed so that people can easily tell how much things cost. But it also helps me to avoid the cost and time of affixing price tags on the back of everything, especially since prices can change over time and you have to do it all over again. And, you know, reducing the amount of material waste that price tags um, add to um, the trash and landfills. So so those are some things I do to keep the color and texture Um, as a lovely background, but never, never in the forefront, um, so to sum up all of that, it's it's really helpful to have some variety of places to look as they work as a potential customer comes in and works their way around your booth. So in addition to height, you might incorporate some tabletop displays, shelves, baskets, so that customers are not kind of stuck in the same position for a long length of time in order to peruse all that you have to offer. It gives them a little bit of movement themselves, um, which feels less awkward, too, than if they're just standing in one place with you watching them. Um, and if all your, you know, items are only high up, then shorter customers, customers may have a hard time, like craning their necks to be, you know, able to reach things. Or, um, if all of your bins are on the ground, then customers will have to have pretty sturdy knees in order to crouch down and hunch over for long enough time to make their selection. So I found that having a variety of displays really works best. So next I thought I would cover, um, inventory. So this is something that I've had people ask me before, like, how do you determine how much stuff to bring? (laughs) Um, and I've kind of worked it out for myself, but, um, I'll share a couple ways that reasons I do it the way I do. So this is very dependent on your medium and your customer's needs and also their expectations. So for example, as a paper goods company, customers are typically looking for something, um, well, they're they're typically looking for and expecting a wide variety of offerings and options because that is how paper goods stores are typically, you know, done. There's a lot of options, whether it's you know greeting cards, stickers, recipe cards, postcards, art prints, calendars, etc. I have a lot of product, um, lacelet. It has a lot of SKUs, and that's a good thing for me because in my line of work, people need options. Um, some mediums really do allow and even um thrive with having a more streamlined offering and a limited number of SKUs. So for example, a jeweler may have a set number of necklace, bracelet, rings, earrings, etc., in a specific collection or ones that can easily be paired together. So people could pick, oh, I'm gonna pick a necklace that matches a ring. Um, and by narrowing down their offerings, customers are actually provided with an easier decision-making process and can easily see what things can combine or what things they might buy for a gift. Um, So if there's less decision fatigue and overwhelm for that buyer, the jewelry maker doesn't have to bring every single piece they've ever made to a show, which is heavy and um, takes a lot of time and who knows if you have that much inventory at home. So oftentimes less is more and by streamlining the offerings, customers actually have an easier time and they they don't feel as overwhelmed when they step into your space. So if you prefer this type of shopping experience but have but do want to have like other options available, you can always bring more and keep them like in the back to pull out or trade out as items sell. Or if a customer is looking for something very specific, you can, you can pull other things out. Or if you see one of your designs just isn't really working at this show, you can switch it out. Um, So that is a great way to go um, for you as a maker. If your offerings um, actually do better in, in smaller number. Um, but for me with greeting cards, customers are typically looking for a lot of options. Greeting card senders are, I've found are either looking for one of two things. One, a card that is like the perfect message or imagery to send to a very specific person in mind. So this is a design that immediately makes them think of their loved one, whether it's an in-joke, a shared memory, a frequently used phrase that they say to each other that's just perfect or an illustration that instantly makes them think, oh, this is so my friend. So that's like one type of customer I have. And then the other um, greeting card customer is someone that is looking for a card that accurately reflects them as the sender. So they want to send something to their loved one that conveys what they feel. In these cases, they're looking for a card that can be a sort of voice box for their message or that serves as like a starting point for them to continue with their own words so either one of those cases (laughs) require that the customers have a lot of options in order to find something that fits what they need so in my case customers don't really seem to be overwhelmed at the large number of offerings i display because for whatever reason it's it's expected and they so they feel less decision fatigue and instead feel more like there's a chance that there's something that they will find that will meet their needs so all that to say while it's fairly expected and accepted that my offerings will be more extensive it can also be really tricky for me because how do i showcase all the options with a limited amount of space without becoming visually overwhelming or cluttered or just like you know hard to look at so, that leads me to my, one of my number one goals, which is to make my display as easy to look at as possible and keep it tidy and organized. So, as far as tidiness goes, a booth can quickly become cluttered, overfull, or distracting, um, which is something we want to avoid. As a shopping environment can either like draw someone in and make it very easy with one glance to to um be like have their interest peaked or it can be with one glance no they know instantly oh i don't need to look here i'm going to pass over it feels too chaotic i'm going to go to the next booth or the next card designer that their booth feels a little bit more peaceful and organized so um there are in my experience i've i've as a shopper i have gone to events where if a booth um is overly crammed or or just just uh just disorganized it will make me feel a little on edge because it's just too chaotic for me um and it's already kind of a vulnerable thing i don't know if you feel this way but for me to step into a booth at a craft show because first of all i know what it's like to be that hopeful artist standing behind my display just hoping that you will buy something um and also, it's it's kind of an intimate feeling, like you're stepping into a space and you know that they can see you, You they might talk to you, and it's all while you're trying to decide whether you want to, to support them or want to buy something. So um, I want to make, I just want to make sure that I'm factoring that in and helping them to know where to look, um, how things are priced, understanding what's offered, what um, what options they have, so that things are just easy, making that customer experience as easy as possible. Um, I want to provide the outer order so that they can have that sense of inner calm when they come in. So one way I do this is by doing my best to keep my greeting cards in rows. So by doing rows, it kind of creates a visual line that can add a sense of organization and decorum. So people don't feel like "Ah, I'm looking everywhere. Things are, you know, close and far and up and down and you know, standing and laying and, you know, all of those different formats you might do, Um, keeping them in rows creates a visual line that is easier for their eyes to follow across um, and easily locate what thing they're interested in um, than a display that's jagged or makes your eyes travel up and down or back and forth. So I also use, so I use those, um, those standing like folding card stands that kind of creates the wall display look, which gives the rows. And then I also use tabletop card spinners that keep things like vertical and tidy so they can spin them around and ease like nothing is falling, o- falling over or, um, or there's not designs that are hidden behind other ones. Everything is very clear. Um, and then for my flat countertop surface, I use an assortment of crocheted lace plates, shallow wooden bowls, mini easels um, so that it encourages people to pick things up but it also helps that the customer know oh there's a place to put it back when I'm done so it encourages customers to return items to the right place as well so this still can get a little untidy and you have to like straighten up um, but overall it does help having like specific places for things where items aren't sliding around and being left um, in the wrong place so, um, on the flat surface areas, I always try to be more minimalistic and have things in clear spots, um, than trying to cram a lot in. So I know that was a lot of ideas and, uh, notes. Um, so I think I'll wrap up and you're, I, I invite you to email me any questions you have. I also have photos of different booth displays I've done if you're interested in that, um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts too, on what makes your booth work really well for you. Um, I think trading information is always a really helpful way to get ideas and to fine tune processes and to, um, yeah, re revitalize something that you've been doing for a long time. So I welcome that as well. So to wrap up, it's always nice to consider how your customers will experience a visit to your booth. Like try to put yourself in their place and imagine what it would be like to step into your space, not knowing anything about you, um, not knowing if they trust your brand yet, not knowing if your items are quality or not. So think about how you can communicate that to them visually and think about the environment that best showcases your work while making it inviting, organized and enjoyable for them to step into like a treat um that is that is always my goal um and remember though once they've stepped into your space this is an opportunity for you to engage with them in more meaningful personal ways it's often the final step for me for for them making a purchase because they feel a part of it they feel comfortable enough to ask me questions or to make the decision to to actually purchase something So you don't want to bombard or pressure people. I rarely ask them or tell them like, Hey, that's on sale. It's usually more of a, Hey, have you ever been to this event before? I really love it. Like, I'm so amazed at the number of vendors. Like I talk about what they're experiencing and those are the things that seem to like we connect on. That's not at all about, are you going to buy my stuff? (laughs) Um, which is honestly what I'm curious about, too, because I want to know what brought them here. Why are they interested in handmade things? Like, this is all stuff that I find valuable for me as a maker to understand my customer and to know how I can better serve them. Um, so, yeah, I hope this episode has provided you with a useful thought or two. Um, I've no doubt that your creative juices are flowing. I always get that way when I'm listening to someone else's ideas. Um, this is my own start popping up Um, and I have no doubt that you'll come up with the loveliest ways of displaying your work so until next time I'm wishing you the very best on your very first craft show or an upcoming craft show and each and every one to come